Welcome to Christian Financial Perspectives, a weekly financial podcast where we talk about ways to integrate your faith and your finances. This is Bob Barber. This is Mary Jo Lyons. Are you ready to learn the truth about money from a biblical perspective? Join us as we discuss what God's Word says about money. If it's your first time listening, welcome to the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Hello, Mary Jo. Can you believe that Thanksgiving is just a few days away now? The time has flown by this year, but I guess they say that every year. Just one of my favorite holidays of the year, time to get together with friends and family and do a lot of eating. I get pecan pie on the brain. (laughs) (laughs) You've already been talking about it. Yes. I love being able to bond over a great meal. I always say for Christians, food and fellowship go very well together. And we even have this old recipe that I always start thinking about it right about this time that my mom's been making for years. It's a pecan pie recipe that has been in the family, as far as we know, since 1830 when our family entered the state of Texas. Wow. And it's where you take the pecans and instead of just layering them on top of the pie, you crush them all up and put them all throughout the pie so you really get that pecan flavor. And then you got to make the crust from homemade and then you just drench it in <laughs> whipped cream. I'm getting hungry. My <laughs> mouth is watering thinking about it. So not vanilla ice cream, but whipped cream? Whipped cream. Lots of whipped cream. My mom always laughs. She goes, so are you going to have a little bit of pie with whipped cream or whipped cream with pie? <laughs> What's your favorite dish? God, that is so hard. You know, I'm torn. I love me some cornbread stuffing if it's made real savory. I also like cranberry chutney, and I like making it. It's one of my husband's favorites, so it's a recipe that I experiment with all the time, and I've shared it a time or two. But you can use it on, I like it the leftovers, because they, speaking of ice cream, they go great on vanilla ice cream. But you can also use it in appetizers, and it's certainly so much better making homemade cranberry sauce than it is that jelly stuff out of the can. I think that's probably my favorite. I've heard you say this. It's called cranberry, what do you call this again? Chutney. Now, I'm sure I've had that, but I'm not sure. I've never heard it called that. It's uh, more like a spread, so it's chunky. Yeah. It's got fruit in it, so I put an apple, I put pears, I put raisins, and even some chopped nuts. So it's got the juice and pulp of an orange. It's kind of thick, and it's got all kinds of goodness in there. Okay, well, I think my mom makes that, but I just never knew it was called that, so it just goes to show what I know. (laughs) You just want to eat it all. Exactly. So before we get into this week's topic of timely reminders, We'd like to start each episode with a scripture, as you've heard us do in the past. Since it's nearing Thanksgiving, we thought this one would be a good one to start off. I chose Psalm 100, and it's actually called a prayer of thanksgiving. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. How is that for timeliness at Thanksgiving? I love the ending, through all generations. I love as you were reading that, give thanks to him and praise his name. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Being thankful is a lot of times in that scripture. 
Hopefully, some of our listeners can choose that one, too. That is a very good scripture to read. Psalms 100 is what you were reading that out of. As we get towards the end of the year, and here it is, Thanksgiving. And like I said, I just cannot believe, I don't know how this thing happens. It comes on faster and faster every year, and I know everybody says that. I don't know if that's a sign that I'm getting older. I think it is. <laughs> but I think we're all aging. So, <laughs> But we want to talk about some timely reminders for the end of the year concerning personal financial wellness during this Thanksgiving week. One of the things that we want to be careful of, being that it is Thanksgiving week and there's the Black Friday coming up, is being careful of spending money on things that are just going to rust, rot, and decay, and not even remember the next year that you got the gifts. I really emphasize that here around this Thanksgiving time, Christmas time, that you create a list and spending budget for each person you want to give something to and really stick to it. Possibly even open a separate checking or debit account just for Christmas. Later, you could just use that same account for gifts during the year for birthday gifts, etc. You know, Bob, another thing you could do is the envelope system. Put what you're going to spend for each person in an envelope. It's just another way and makes it simple. But I, I love that concept. Definitely want to stress to our listeners about watching out for Black Friday. Be so careful about buying things just because they're on sale and you get caught up in the excitement and the enthusiasm of shopping and everything looks like a deal. Well, it's not a deal if you don't need it. And then Cyber Monday, it's kind of the same thing all over again. If you don't have a chance on Friday because you're busy cleaning up after Thanksgiving, you might get caught up in that Monday sale. Just only buy what's on your list and try to ignore some of the noise. You know, I always want to share a little something personal. As I've aged, I've certainly understand, and as we're looking to downsize now, I look around my house and I, all I see is all this stuff. And you know, when you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, it's all about accumulating stuff. And then as you get in your 50s and, and, and older, it's all about getting rid of that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I got to admit you're right. When it comes to stuff, you have to store it. You have to transport it. You have to insure it. All of those things cost money. I just think that life is about experiences. And that's something that you kind of learn as you move through life and with more experiences. And that's where the good stuff is. It's not in the stuff. Give some real thought before you buy things. Is it something you need? Is it something that's really going to add value? Or is it just more stuff? Another thing is we're coming into the end of the year and thinking about Thanksgiving and buying all that stuff that's coming up. I'm sure today or the next day you're getting all these flyers in the mail and in the newspaper. But think about giving because that's really what it's all about. And that's what really brings significance is giving to others giving to worthy causes. So as we're getting here at the end of the year, look at forming a year-end giving plan and maxing out your charitable giving. Just remember the things that you may be giving to like Goodwill. You want to get a receipt for that and itemize all that. Now this year, your giving is going to have to total quite a bit to get over the threshold with the new tax laws, which for a couple is $24,000. So if your itemized deductions are not going to total over 24000 and itemized deductions, things like mortgage interest, property taxes, sales taxes, etc., that's not going to total over that amount. You really don't necessarily need a receipt because you're not going to take a deduction for it, where in the past... For a couple, it was $12,000. That was your automatic deduction for each other, but now it's 24000 
Does that make sense, Mary Jo? Yes. And, you know, and I think you're so right. If you are able to maximize that and accumulate more than 24000 it will be imperative to have a receipt. Before you could go donate up to, I think it was 250 or $500 to Goodwill, for example, and you didn't have to claim a receipt. But now you do, and the IRS is going to be looking for that. If you're going to itemize those deductions, definitely have receipts to back it up. And Bob, as a small business owner, it's also a great time to think about the small business retirement plans. What should our listeners be thinking about for that? Well, if they haven't contributed all year long, it depends on, are they working for a corporation or are they an individual business owner? As an individual business owner, you still have time to set up a SEP IRA plan or even a solo 401k. But most people don't fall in that category. Most of our listeners fall into the category of probably working for a company that has a 401k or a full 3B or a thrift savings plan. It's here at the end of the year where you can maximize those contributions to those plans. I've even had some clients in the past here at CIS Wealth. We've talked about it. We've looked at it. And they still could put another, say, $10,000 into their 401k. But that would mean foregoing their last paycheck if they did that. So we look and see if they have enough savings to forego that last paycheck and put the entire last paycheck into the 401k to get that deduction. Those are some things that you can do that can save on taxes here at the end of the year. That's a great idea. Speaking of taxes, that's a topic that we all love hearing about, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But we shouldn't begrudge paying taxes. It's just a sign of God's provision. But as frustrating as it can be, it's also important to be thinking about those taxes. We talk about year-end tax planning, but you want to be thinking about your tax situation throughout the year, not just at the end of the year. You don't want to be panicking at the very last minute. So there are some strategic things you can do to plan ahead to help minimize the taxes. I think that's something that we all probably want to do. Bob, we've already touched on some of the changes on the new tax laws. What else do our listeners need to be aware of? Well, let me reemphasize those changes. The most important one is the itemized deductions must be over $12,000 for a single person or $24,000 for a couple for to count. But medical expenses are another new thing this year. It used to be 10% of your medical expenses could, could count towards your deductions, but this year is 7.5% of adjusted gross income. And there's those itemized deductions like home mortgage interest, charitable contributions, student loan interest, educator expenses, casualty and theft losses. And Mary Jo, I know you have some more tax ideas. Well, I think one of the things that is helpful to consider is since we have such a higher limit for those deductions, you want to give some thought to when you can strategically group those deductions. If it's one year, if you can prepay expenses that you have for the following that you would normally pay in January, such as property taxes, maybe pay that in December, and then that will help to get you to a higher level of deduction so you can deduct it this year. But then next year is probably going to be a lean year. So you're going to have some fat years and some lean years. So be thinking about that. If your state taxes are due January 15, maybe pay those in December. Also, you mentioned some of the itemized bills that you can think about from a healthcare perspective. 
Let's be thinking ahead of it so you can plan out those bills. If it's going to be a year when you can deduct your expenses, and now with the cost of getting any kind of medical treatment or any kind of test, you might be able to accumulate a large enough expense that's going to total more than your 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. If you had a hospital stay, this might be the year to do that, or of emergency room care. Also, if you've had elective surgery. Last year, I had multifocal lens implants, and that was a very large out-of-pocket expense. So if that's the year that I've had that large expense, maybe I want to do some dental work that I was holding off on. Or you might have other medical tests that are quite expensive. Try to pull those all together in one year and then avoid them the next year when you can't deduct. Does that make sense, Bob? You know, it does. And you know what else I was thinking of while you were saying that it's not only for the tax purposes of medical expenses, but I was also thinking of your deductible for your health insurance. So by lumping your medical bills in one year, if you're able to do that, you're only going to have to pay that deductible one time. An example of this, Mary Jo, would be, let's say your deductible is $4,000 and you just had $2,000 of medical expenses, then you're not going to get to use your health insurance. But let's say you have medical bills that are going to total over $10,000 both years in two different years. If you could put that all into one year, you won't have to pay that deductible but one time. That's right. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And then also tax ideas are for the self-employed like myself. If you can, you might want to think about delaying income if this is a real high income year until next year. Also, when you're self-employed, because of your expenses, you can sometimes pull those expenses this year or put them to next year. You just got to be careful about this. And I've noticed this in the past myself. If you're going to be more profitable next year, then delay your expenses. But if you're going to be about the same, go ahead and put those expenses towards this year. You know, Bob, and that also applies to those fat and those lean years. If you have bundled your deductions for this year, and you're trying to get above that 7.5% of your adjusted gross income, you want to have less income this year. And then next year, if you're not going to itemize those deductions, it's okay to have a higher income next year. I think it all plays together. And then one last thing that I want to mention, tax loss harvesting is a big thing right now at this time of the year. It's been a good year in some stocks. So you might own some stocks that have a high gain to them and have been sold. But you might have some other stocks that have a loss to them. You want to keep those stocks, but you could sell those stocks and then buy them back 31 days later and take a loss against your gains. And we call that tax loss harvesting. Yes. And you can carry those losses forward and then $3,000 that you can gain that you can offset with losses from previous years. Did I say that right? Well, yeah, but I thought if you had gains of 15,000 and you have losses of 10, you could take the 10,000 of losses against the $15,000 of gains if you do it in the same year. Yes, that's true, but you have carry forward losses. Okay. Of 3,000. All right. That's right. Yes, you do. And also for our listeners that are approaching 70 and a half, if you are in the period when you are required to take a minimum distribution out of your retirement plans, Don't forget to do that because after the age of 70 and a half, there is a penalty if you forget to take out your required minimum distribution. And that penalty can be up to about 50% of what the distribution should have been. 
So it's quite costly if you miss that. Also, if you are one of those that has a flexible spending account with your employer benefit plan, make sure that you spend any leftover balances if your employer doesn't offer a grace period. You don't want to leave that money on the table. Think of things that you still need to buy that you can use your flexible spending account to do. Like you can do it for your co-pays at the doctor, you can use it for prescriptions, over-the-counter medicines, things along that line. In closing, we'd like to offer up another prayer for our listeners. I think that this is something special about this time of Thanksgiving. It's a time to be with family and give thanks for our many blessings, but it also can be a difficult time for some people. I know Bob and I are extremely thankful for our listeners out there. We appreciate the fact that you're spending your time with us, and we don't forget that. We take that very seriously, and we hope that you are finding value in our show and that it's been a blessing to you. If it has been a blessing, we also would ask that you share it with those that you care about. Our Heavenly Father, creator of everything, all that is and all that is to come, we thank you for the many blessings you've given us over this past year. Food to eat, clothes to wear, shelter from the storms, friends and family that love us, that is a reflection of your love. We acknowledge there are times in our lives when we ourselves feel unloved and unlovable, that you give us the grace to love others, even when they are difficult. Almighty God, we trust in your faithfulness to carry us over the roughest times of life. We trust in your love to walk with us through the most difficult of days. We trust in your promise of eternal life and put all our hope and trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins and giving us eternal life through your atoning sacrifice. Forgive us for our sins, the things you asked us to do and we failed to do, as well as the things you told us not to do but we did anyway. We are sorry and we ask that you will strengthen us so that we will always follow you. We pray that your Holy Spirit will be felt by people who are in pain, in mind, body, or spirit. Help them to know that you are with them and you are able to carry them through their trials. Bless our church family, bless our community, bless our nation, bless our world, and especially bless our listeners. Enable us to live so that your will might be made manifest in the world around us. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. We wish you a blessed Thanksgiving. Enjoy this time with family and friends. Take care and be safe. You are listening to Christian Financial Perspectives. Join us next week as we explore what God's Word says about money. And don't forget, you can sign up for our free newsletter at ciswealth.com or give us a call at 877-71-TRUTH. That's 877-718-7884. To make sure you don't miss any of our podcasts regarding the truth about money, be sure to subscribe to Christian Financial Perspectives at christianfinancialpodcast.com for free. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear more about, we'd love to hear from you. That's all for now. Until next week. Comments from today's show are for informational purposes only and not to be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any company that may have been mentioned or discussed. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host, Bob Barber and Mary Jo Lyons. Bob and Mary Jo do not provide tax advice and encourage you to seek guidance from a tax professional. Investment advisory services offered through Christian Investment Advisors, Inc., DBA CIS Wealth Management Group, a registered investment advisor.